I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Our guest on the latest episode of Thriving Matters uh, podcast is Ashley Bishop. Now, how are you, Ashley? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm well. So Ashley's based in in sunny London at the moment. Uh, one part of his window, he's seeing clouds, grey clouds, and the other is uh, is blue sky. So I know it's summertime. Uh, Australians are wrapped up in a, in a few jumpers, uh, and it feels like there's a little bit of snow falling on the snowy mountains on Mount Kosciuszko this evening as we record this. But you are most welcome. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you about thriving in life and work. So listeners, you know that all our episodes are based around extraordinary guys and gals like Ashley, who are doing some extraordinary things in thriving in their life and work. And for each one of us, we know that thriving isn't easy. So at the, at the current time, we're in another wave of a pandemic um, around the globe. And there are many people who are finding their daily life a struggle uh, finding it very difficult to um, to actually get out of bed and see some hope in their day. But there are others who are doing really well. So we're going to have a chat about what it is that uh, actually gets um, Ashley out of bed most days with, a, with um, an energy and an excitement for the work that he's doing. So welcome. And Ashley, just give us a bit about yourself. Uh, share, share it with the listeners. They're all eager to find out what it is you do. Well, um, I've been in business since 2005. Um, Originally, um, back then, uh, I qualified as a a personal trainer and decided to set up my own personal training business. Uh, And I set my business up because um, even when I was 18 or 19, I knew that I wanted to one day have a family. And my parents kept reminding me that children cost a lot of money. Um, So I needed to do something in theory, that would allow me to make a lot of money to be able to support a family. Uh, And I'm also a massive petrol head. And I think sometimes cars can cost more than children. So (laughs) so that was the reason behind doing doing this. And back into in the early 2000s, personal training over here in the UK was a very new thing. It was just at that point kind of filtering down from um, being exclusive for the rich and the famous. So for me, um, I qualified as a personal trainer. I've always found how the body works fascinating. So it's sort of a natural thing for me. And I've always been uh, passionate about helping other people. Even when in my my younger years, um, I did a lot of charity work and stuff like that. Uh The biggest problem for me is I was very passionate about helping people. And I did the personal training course, you know, diet and exercise, all that kind of stuff. But there was no here's how to run a business. There was no sort of business school for personal trainers. So it was very much guesswork. And, and for me, the guesswork worked back then because I was the only personal trainer in around a 15 mile radius of my location. Oh, 
So if you wanted this new shiny thing that was a personal trainer, hello, I'm it. You were there. <laughs> um, so I, I built um, I built and scaled the business relatively quickly. And I think within three years, I, I was fully booked and I had a waiting list. Um, but because I had no real business acumen back then, you know, fully booked for me was I was doing around about 50 one hour personal training sessions a week. Lordy. So you then, you then put on top of that, the, the, the paperwork side of things, the designing yeah. the programs, the, the, the boring administration stuff. You know, I was regularly doing 60, 70 hour weeks. Yeah. Um, and when you're a single chap um, living at home and mum and dad do your cooking, your washing, your ironing and everything else, that's absolutely fine. Uh, but over this time period, um, I, I, I found a young lady who quite liked me. And, um, you know, we eventually we got engaged and we got married. We bought our own home uh, and, and we started to have children. And that's when, for me, it all started to go terribly, terribly wrong because, you know, trying to juggle all of this, you know, a very, very busy business. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, you know, running a home, which was completely new to me um, when mum and dad did everything for me. And then, you know, the, these things, these, you know, this child came along again. There's no user manual for a child. Um, it was like you know, a baptism it, it, of fire for you wasn't it yeah so things really at this point you know started to go terribly terribly wrong um you know there i didn't know how to run the business it was sort of just hope for the best and uh yeah so i mean i i became a victim of my own success so i, I stopped looking after myself uh, i piled on around about three stone i couldn't walk up the stairs without getting out of breath uh, I, I was hiding behind baggy clothing um, you know, that, that sort of thing. And it all really came to a head when um, I started suffering from depression and it was our, right. our son's first birthday. Uh, and it, it got to a point where, you know, I'm looking back, I don't, I remember the birth, but that's all I really remember because really he's just another thing on my to-do list. Okay, that's a um, fantastic um, uh, snapshot for everybody listening in because there'd be plenty of people who are in their own businesses and that's exactly what happens to them perhaps not the, exactly the same as you but that that notion of not looking after themselves so yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that yeah well I, I think it become but it's a, it's a massive part of my story and it's kind of also explains why I now do what I do um because I really you know then it's like well if I don't sort myself out um you know I'm going to become a part-time parent yeah, and, and that's kind of not why I started my business. So, but right, I need to sort myself out because I know when I'm looking after myself and I'm not carrying as much weight, when I'm fitter, I'm healthier, I'm happier. We all know the score, right? Um, so it's like, I've got, I just need to get on with it. I've got no excuses. Um, on my team of experts, I have a world-class nutritionist because he's trained under the Olympic committee. So he knows his bananas. Um, <laughs> I own my own training facility you know, so literally from 10 steps where I'm sitting now, I, I'm in uh, a personal training studio that's got all the equipment I could ever wish for. Where's the excuse? There's no excuse for me. You know, yeah. I should just be able to get on and do it. But what I found, it was really, really difficult. I knew exactly what I should be doing. I had a team of experts to help me. But I was really inconsistent. I'd go really great for a couple of weeks and I'd fall off the wagon. It would all go wrong. Mm. I was caught in this sort of continuous health kick loop getting nowhere fast just getting more and more frustrated uh, and that's when i realized you know diet and exercise on its own isn't enough well it's like a groundhog um, day isn't it in that case yeah that's it it's just 
over and over getting nowhere fast. Uh, mm. So for me, I started looking at where's the missing link? Well, what am I missing here? Because I've got this world-class team and world-class knowledge, but why am I struggling with consistency? Mm-hmm. And for me, I found the answer in neuroscience. Someone in the health and fitness world uh, had started to incorporate neuroscience into what they did and they'd started learning it and started to teach how to incorporate um, neuroscience into health and fitness and well-being. And it made sense. It connected the dots for me because it was very much about, you know what you should be doing. You have access to all the information you need, but you struggle to do it consistently. That's right. Uh, and that, that was it for me. That, that sort of that made sense. So uh, neuroscience started to become my geeky pleasure. I, I then went and created a, a program for me. You know, I, I was student one. Um, and if I could create something which would allow me to sort me out, you know, a, a, a busy business owner who also had a family, it could help other people like me. Um, so fast forward to today, that's that's exactly what I do. Uh, my program has obviously evolved over the past five years now, but I spend my day working with business owners, business leaders who have got to a similar point. As you say, you know, it's very easy when you're building and scaling a business. Those, those first, what, three to five years of, of that startup phase of your business, yeah. you're the sacrificial lamb. You know, you've got to find the time to do the work. So, of course, you stop looking after yourself. You stop exercising. You stop eating healthily because it's very easy just to order takeaway or to, you know, just food on the go, heavily processed foods. Maybe you're, st- you're staying up later to get work done after the kids have gone to bed. So, of course, you're not getting as much sleep. Mm. And you get to that point where it's like, I know I need to do something. And actually, my health is now slowing me down. You know, that's something I hear a lot. A lot of the business owners and leaders that I speak with and work with, you know, they're just getting started. They're out of the startup phase, but they're just getting started. They want to grow and scale and have a bigger impact on the world. But they're the thing that's now slowing them down mm. because they don't have the energy, the health to push as quickly as they did. Well, it, become, it becomes detrimental, doesn't it, to not just your health, but your sleep and your well-being and then the well-being of yourself in the business. So, um, yeah. That's uh, thanks for sharing that story. That's uh, and I'm I'm sure there's other bits to it, but um, yes. the the, gen, the general part of the story is is pretty amazing. And um, yeah, there's there's plenty um, of people um, in businesses, but even leading teams that mightn't be their own business. They may be a major organisation, but they're they're leading teams or or departments. Um, and you know, often we we make those New Year's resolutions every year. There wouldn't be a I don't think a country that doesn't do it. Um, and we get in so far, and then we go, what, what, whatever made me think that I could do that? That was just too much. So talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, it's not just another health kick you're wrong. So the premise of the neuroscience and what you learnt there, um, you know, the science of our emotions is, is pretty amazing, and we've got so much research at the moment. And even the word thrive has become... I think there's probably a new dictionary definition for the for the last couple of years, um, because thriving isn't easy. Um, it's it's about that roller coaster of emotions that affect the habits, the rituals, the behaviours that we have, and how we're able to recognise or be self aware about those. So tell us a little bit more about what you found out about the neuroscience that now has been instrumental in the program you have for business owners. I think for me the the 
the first thing was very much the whole, you know what you should be doing. You know how to do it. You've researched, you've got all the information you could ever need. So you don't have an information problem. What you have is an implementation problem. Uh-huh. Doing the thing regularly enough to make it habitual. Uh-huh. So that was really the first sort of like the aha moment for me of, yeah, I know exactly what I should be doing. You know, I'm qualified in this. And if I can't do it, how are other people going to do it that, that don't have the knowledge that I have? Yeah. So that was the thing that sort of opened me up to, well, there's got to be more to it. And that's where sort of, you know, learning how the brain works, the different regions of the brains. And, and yes, in neuroscience, we do talk about, you know, you're surviving in life, you're thriving in life, uh, or even we have striving, you know, you're striving to move away from surviving. Yeah. Um, but what I loved really for me is that depending upon what part of the brain is running the show, you know, if you're on autopilot versus if you're, um, you're living the conscious part of your brain, that dictates what actions you take. Because actually the, the subconscious brain purely cares about your survival of life. It doesn't care about you thriving in life. So of course, looking after yourself is actually something you do when you're thriving. You know, because you don't need to eat healthily to make it through your life. You don't need to ever exercise to make it through and survive life. You know, you don't have to be happy to, to get through life. That's because true. really all the this subconscious part of your brain is interested in is you staying alive long enough to create the next generation and to educate them on how to stay around long enough to have children for the next generation. To do and that's again. all the subconscious brain is interested in is how do I keep you alive? How do I keep you safe long enough to make that happen? Mm. so of course we have for me i believe we we always have two sets of habits we can choose from we have the set of habits that we utilize when we're surviving in life so of course you know eating whatever is quickly and readily available not exercising you know staying up late all that kind of stuff so for me we then have to create these new habits you know and to me a habit needs to be really straightforward so it's really really simple yeah. It needs to be time efficient, you know, so it needs to be speedy. You're not dedicating hours and hours and hours to it. And, and is it something that is sustainable for you? You know, can you do this potentially for the rest of your life? So we, we go about really, my focus is these are the habits we need to create. These are the key areas that we need to create new habits for. And you know, it's about keeping you in the right headspace long enough to create a new habit of which we now know a new habit takes on average 66 days to create. 66. But it's also then creating an understanding and awareness of this is what happens when you're surviving in life. This is what happens when the survival part of your brain is running the show. And this is then the conscious part of your brain. You know, when you are able to do the work and you're thriving in life this is the part of the the brain or the brain center you might say that you're in Mm. so when you understand like the two sides to it as i call it you know when you know both sides of the coin what it is and what it isn't Mm -hmm. you then start creating the awareness of this is what i need to do to get back into this part of the brain to be able to do this so it's really for me gaining that awareness that understanding of Things are off right now, and I'm doing these habits that actually take me further away from where I want to be. 
and actually just doing the exercise, you know, doing the physical exercise, eating better. If this part of the brain is running the show, it won't happen very long. Yeah. What do I need to do to get back into that part of the brain where I have conscious choice to choose to do this stuff? Hmm. So I've really teamed up with, a, you know, here's the, the simplest, the speediest and the most sustainable way from a nutritional point of view, from a physical exercise, from sleep, from stress management um, to, to mental focus. That stuff's great and we create habits around that, but we also team it up with, here's how to understand when things are going wrong, how to get back to where you need to be quickly. Well, that was going to be my next question. So thanks for the segue, um, because that's um, there's an app at the moment um, that a lot of people are using, Noom, and it's it's got a psychological and neuroscience basis to it. So it does. yeah, and it's around, and a lot of people are finding that very successful um, because otherwise there's you know the whole beautiful body and wellness and well-being market um, really. Um, puts in front of you diet, you know the particular diets the 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 tablets you can take the the magic you know so many drops of cinnamon in your water or mm-hmm. i mean there's just so much that's going on um and yeah and, and as a young young girl as a young teenager growing up i i actually had quite a bit of weight on um and it seems to have been a bit of a seesaw type of thing now, now i'm telling you this because i'm not alone there's a lot of people and especially women and hormones especially sedentary lifestyle major changes in your life all these things do tend to take an effect on that conscious part of your brain so it's really fascinating and and putting the work into helping people understand the why it happens and it's based in science it's actually true it's factual it's not not hysterically made up um, nonsense <laughs> it's it's yeah it, it's it's people just are quite fascinated and uh, you'll find anyone who's um, doing a whole lot of life coaching career coaching wellness coaching um, is living a life that is very broad and all-encompassing so tell us about a couple of your daily thriving habits that you have in place yeah well we there's really four key areas that we, we focus upon. Uh, the first one is your, your morning routine. Uh, as I call this, it's your, the morning success primer. Um, and this is really all about getting you sort of physically, mentally, and emotionally ready to, to have a, an efficient, a productive, a successful day. Uh, but really what this is all about is it's getting you in the right headspace from the get-go. Uh, now, I know there are a phenomenal amount of books out there and, you know, and, and courses and uh, on you know, the miracle morning and everything like that. And, and I think they're great. And of course, I've taken a lot of inspiration from that. But I also live in the real world. You know, a lot of people don't have three hours before everyone else gets up in the morning to dedicate to getting themselves in the right headspace. Hmm. So I've really gone, what's the, the minimum effective dose? What's, what's the smallest amount of time we need to dedicate to get the results? And for me, it's a, for most people, it's actually around about 30 minutes. I was just about to say 30 minutes. It's around about 30 minutes. And and I split that into um, sort of 10 to 12 minutes on the the mental workout, you know, getting yourself in the right headspace. Um, And then around about 18 minutes on physical movement. So sort of physical exercise, because something I found is uh, a lot of people put 
huge emphasis on it. Oh, I've got to exercise, I've got to do all this exercise. And exercise, physical exercise is, is important, but it's one small piece of the big jigsaw. Uh. And, uh, and for me, if you want to be caught, uh, become fit for purpose, this is kind of like my, my, if you want to be fit for purpose, then actually doing around about or between 15 and 20 minutes of physical exercise a day when you do the right type of exercise, that's enough. Now, of course, if you want to um, put on your, your budgie smugglers or your swimsuit and cover yourself in oil and stand up on stage posing, that's <laughs> not enough time. If you want to run a triathlon, that's not enough time. But, but most people that I work with, they just want to be fit for purpose. They want to be able to have the fitness to run around after their kids, their grandkids, you know, so they can make the most out of their evenings and weekends. They've got no interest in running a marathon or anything like that. So that, you know, 30 minutes in the morning, we can all do that. You know, we can all get up 30 minutes early. You know, that, that's not me going, oh, yeah, you've got to get up and join the 4 a.m. club. You know, it, it, because that's so overwhelming for people. Oh, and for a lot of people, it, it's unrealistic and it's yes. not sustainable. Yes, that's exactly right. And you can do it for so long and then it falls away. Yeah. You might do it for a week or two weeks. Yeah. Then you're going, yeah. I can't do this anymore. And you, you start. Um, so that's kind of the first one. The, the next one, we then look at um, early afternoon around lunchtime. Uh -huh. And again, this is kind of a pick me up. You know, I, want, I call it the afternoon power up. <laughs> All right. Because what happens for a lot of people is, especially if they get up, they do something in the morning to get themselves ready for the day ahead. They've got loads of energy. They're really focused. They're really efficient for the morning. And then that slowly, I know if anyone's listening, they can't see what I'm doing. But slowly, you know, it starts dropping. It starts falling down. And of course, what happens for a lot of people in the afternoon, they have this afternoon energy lull, two, three o'clock in the afternoon. It's like That's it. energy lull, you know, physical, mental, emotional energy lull. And the afternoon, they're very unproductive. They're not getting great work done. Hmm. They then get stressed out, then end up working longer hours and have to work in the evening when the kids have gone to bed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So for me, we just do some really simple stuff, going for a walk, getting some fresh air, eating the right kind of stuff. Uh, again, a little bit of mental work as well. Again, maybe 15 to 20 minutes, 15 to 30 minutes sometimes if you've got the time. Again, spend early afternoon just picks you up. It gets you again sort of operating at your best at sort of like the highest level. Hence why I call it the afternoon power up. And I agree with you. It's, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one, one of my clients recently uh, came to me. Uh, again, it wasn't his business, but as you say, very high up. Uh, he climbed the ranks of the company he worked for. He was like the regional manager. He had teams underneath him. He was an important guy and he had a lot of stuff on his plate, a lot of pressure on his plate. And we were chatting like, well, in the afternoon, I'm just, I'm exhausted. And it probably takes me, you know, two hours to do one hour worth of work. And then it's average work at best. Yeah. So he was losing two, three hours in the afternoon. We started implementing this. Again, you know, you've got to shift that mindset of I want you to invest 15 to 30 minutes mm. over your lunchtime because it's going to have this impact. And again, within a month, he's like, yeah, I'm now back to an hour. You know, in an hour, I'm getting an hour's worth of work done. Hell I've reclaimed hell. two hours a day. Mm. You know, that, that's 10 hours a week. That's mm. 40 hours a month. That's pretty big. Yeah. Just by doing that. Mm. Um, so that's the second area. The, the, the third area is then like your pre-bedtime routine. You know, a lot of people get to bed and they're wired. They go into bed because they've been doing some work. They've been surfing social media. Yeah. Uh, they've been doing emails, um, whatever it may be. And they get into bed 
expecting to be able to just switch off. <laughs> of course, it doesn't happen because your head hits the pillow and most people then go, oh, my, I'm just then, my brain kicks off. My brain's running at a million miles an hour with all these things I've got to do. Yeah. And then I have to watch some, you know, I put on something on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever your streaming service of choice is. And then I'm sitting there watching that because I need to watch something or listen to something to switch off and sleep. Of course, what that really does is that just wires you even more and puts you into a really shallow sleep. So, of course, you get up in the morning and you're already tired and exhausted. That's right. Okay. So, again, it's just doing something to, you know, really just calm, you know, to, to really calm the brain, relax the body. So, actually, when you do get into bed, you do drift off faster and into a much deeper sleep. Because when we're sleeping, that's when the brain and body do its kind of its repair work. Hmm. Your, your body does sort of like its physical repair and development work. And as I like to call it, the brain gets to do a brain dump. Yeah. It gets to process everything that it's been abused with throughout the day. Yeah. Keep keep the essential stuff and ditch everything else. Yeah. Um, and of course, that so there like three areas. The final area is, is their nutrition. You yeah. Know, is as I like to call it, you know, creating your awesome diet because all diets work ultimately, but it's about creating your your awesome diet, awesome. one in which for eighty percent of the time you're eating in a way which is going to allow you to look, feel, and perform your best. The 20% of the time is eating the stuff that you love, but doesn't necessarily have the impact you want, but you eat it because you love it and you enjoy it. Well, you, you can't take everything away. You have to have a little bit of a, you've got to have those special moments. So if you told me I could never eat pizza again, I, no. I, I don't think life would be worth living. No, no. <laughs> and what, what, that's very, very uh, generous of you to give us your, your four points there. Um, but also to um, to be really realistic. I think what you've presented us with is something that's realistic and doable. Um, I think, well, that's important. Someone once called me pragmatic, which was, I took that as a compliment eventually when I figured out what he was talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's got to fit into the real world. You know, so, so much of what I read, so much of what I've studied and so many of these programs that the health and fitness industry pump out, you know, they're unrealistic in the long term. Yeah. Yes, they might help you to drop a dress size or to get rid of a stone relatively quickly, but it's not sustainable. Mm. You know, it's you'll do it for a while and you'll get a result, but then you'll stop and you'll go back to your old ways because nothing's really changed. I had someone the other day say to me, um, I don't, I don't think of um, these changes as a, as a diet as such. I'm actually more interested in my well-being and the long, yeah. the long game, not yeah. the short game. But um, it's it's an interesting concept because we are. It's it's a body beautiful world. It's it's a, and we've got plenty of avenues for that to be shined up and in our face consistently. And when I think yeah. of the younger generations. Um, I, I think that there's a whole lot of misinterpretation about how beautiful you are, um, you know, inside and out. So yeah. I think oh, it's, usually. yeah. Now tell me, um, just recently, have you had a, what we call a sparkling moment? Have you got a story that you're just so thrilled with that you could share with us around thriving and around using your, your particular way of doing yeah, well, I mean, one of my recent clients, I mean, for me, you know, something that a client has to have is they want, they want to be looking at playing a bigger game. They want to, they need to be looking at the big picture stuff. You know, if someone comes to me and says, oh, I just need to lose a stone as quickly as possible, they're not for me. 
-huh. you know, because I know the real impact of the work that I do. You know, I mean, I've, I've um, helped clients launch new businesses. I've helped clients, you know, double their turnover. I've saved marriages and possibly one of the funniest ones is I've helped a client become pregnant. Oh, very nice. I know that that was an optional extra of the program. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that always makes people laugh that one. Oh, I helped a client get pregnant. There's all, you know, a few eyebrows are raised at that point, but it, it's about the bigger picture stuff. Uh, <laughs> and one of my clients um, has, has recently, you know, has beautifully demonstrated this. Um, so my first program is a, is a 90 day program. Uh-huh. And this client came to me, it's like, I'm, I'm overweight, my, my fitness isn't great, but I really don't have a lot of, you know, I'm really self-confident, you know, I'm really struggling with confidence. Um, I'm not enjoying my work. I haven't had a relationship for five years and, you know, it's, I just don't feel great. Well, that's not an uncommon story that you would hear. It's quite normal, it's something Absolutely. I hear quite, quite regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I said, okay, you know, yeah, we can, you know, let's do this. And again, that typical, well, I've tried this diet, this diet, this diet, this diet, this diet, this diet, you know, they're, they're listing off more diets than, than I knew existed. And I've tried <laughs> this workout regime and this workout regime and this workout regime, you know, and they've done all these things. I've had three personal trainers and it was always great when I was with them, but when I stopped going, I put the weight back on. So, okay, you know, we're going to take a different approach. Um, well, they're, they're coming to the end of the, the 90 day program and they've now lost three stone. I don't know what that is in, in kilos. We can convert it if we need to. That's got to be somewhere between, that's got to be around about 15, somewhere between 15 and 20 kilos. Keep talking and I'll find out. There we go. <laughs> um, but more importantly, they've now um, quit their job. They've now launched their dream business and they've now had three dates in the space of two weeks. So, you know, th this is for me, the big picture stuff. This is why I do what I do because it's never really about the weight loss. It's never really about the fitness. No. You know, it's about well, what will this allow, you know, when you, you feel healthier, when you are healthy, when you've lost this weight, you know, you, you're back in shape, whatever terminology best fits you, what will you be able to do and have an experience because of it? You know, for so most people, it's, it's more self-confidence, it's more self-worth, mm. it's more self-belief, um, more drive, more ambition. Um, and, and that's what it's about. And th th these are the stories I love. You know, this is what really floats my boat when I chat to a client. I don't really care how much weight they've lost. You know, and I'm I, so I, th th you've lost three stone. This is a phenomenal achievement. I don't want to take it away from you, but actually, I don't care. I'm I'm more excited that you've now launched your dream business. Well, and you've now had three dates. Well, I think I think around the self worth and the self image, that often fuels or defuels. Um, a whole lot of, of uh, performance and achievement. Yeah. That three stone, by the way, is 19 kilos. Is it? Substantial. Substantial. Yeah. Because yeah. you often, often for people, um, it's not until they lose 10, 10 kilos that you actually notice. Yeah. You actually notice a marked difference. But that's, um, what a beautiful story. You've actually created, created new life from a new life or a new way of being. I think that's, that's sensational. And Thank I mean, you. pregnancy is for, for many women, that's um, uh, how you work out when it is that you, you know, if you want children, when you're going to actually do that, if you're in a career. Um, and often the, um, 
when we wait a little bit uh, longer than we would have, say, two decades ago or three decades ago or four when I got married, it was, um, you know, the, the chances now um, of falling pregnant at, at later age um, have become less, less and less. And so IVF treatment, the whole lot of fertility treatments are being used. And weight is, weight and fitness and sleep and yep. diet is always part of that regime, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Fascinating. Well, well done you. That's a great um, bit of a sparkling story. Now you've taught, you've told us a little bit about the hurdles that you face with the depression and the weight. Um, if you had a piece of advice for people um, now, because of your hindsight, you know, hindsight can be a pain in the butt. Otherwise, you know, we, we, we can really get bogged down in it and, it and it can become part of a story that we tell ourselves. But if you had a piece of advice, you've shared things around your habits, um, your four-step process that, that or your framework that you use. Is there another piece of advice you want to, you'd like to share? I think from a business perspective, you know, when I, when I look back, you know, is create the business that you want. Create it for you, not for the people you're going to serve, mm. which I know sounds very selfish, but here's the thing, you know, it's when you create it for you, you create it in a way which is going to safeguard you. Well, I think that's um, in this day and age where we have a whole lot of uncertainty and change around the way we've always done things. We're in, a, in, a, in another revolution of um, employment, of living, of relationship, of employability, whatever it is, of life. Um, safeguarding is is a is a big issue, is a big deal, and it's and it's a big consideration. Yeah, it's 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 what I, you know. I did the opposite because I literally bent over backwards for anyone that wanted to pay me. Yeah, you know, so you know, I'd have clients start at six o'clock in the morning, and I, I you know, I get to point where I had clients at ten o'clock at night. Yeah, and it was like, well, when do you want to come? Yeah, I'll do that. How would you like to pay? Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, so it's always you, you're people pleasing. You're trying to please your, you know, you for me to please my clients, but you know, for other people it might be, you know, pleasing their, their customers or you bend over backwards for everyone else because you believe you need to do this to build and, and, and scale and grow a business. Where actually, you know, when for me now, I take the approach of this is my business, it's about me. It's your so business well being. It's your business yeah. well being, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So if I create it, you know. This is how many people I want to work with. This is how I want to work with them. This is how many hours I want to work a week. You know, when you start having those things in place, you actually then, you say so you're safeguarding yourself and actually you perform at high level. You know, my, my kind of whole thing is, you know, if you're the driving force behind your business, you need to be rocking up every day, bringing your A game. Because hmm. that's the only way you drive it forwards. Hmm. And the only way to do that is by looking after yourself. You know, safeguarding your own health and well-being. Well, that's the that's the the well-being of not just you, the person, but the business as well. So, yes. I think great great, um, great advice. I'm um, just going to ask you: um, Has there been someone um, in your life, uh, whether it's you know a mentor, uh, an author, maybe you had your own coach, whether it was um, something significant that's happened that really has 
change the way you showed up. Now you've given us a, a, a snapshot of what happened yeah. to you, but has there been something else there? I've had, I, mean, I, I, I believe in, in coaching and mentoring. So I've invested over the past five years heavily in, in various different coaches, as like mindset coaches, business coaches, um, and they've all been awesome in their own way. So I don't think I could sort of possibly single one out because each mm -hmm. one has given me something I needed at the time. Mm -hmm. There is a book, however, which I think is uh, very significant by um, someone called Stephen Pressfield. And Pressfield. He's, written he's written several books. Um, one of the books that I, I my sort of go-to book is called Do the Work, uh, where he really focuses on sort of overcoming the resistance. But the one for me that, that really had the biggest impact was called Turning Pro. Okay. Which you can utilize this term for, for sort of any area of your life, you know, personally or professionally. And I'm going to summarize it really, really badly. So I hope he never hears this. Um, <laughs> but, but basically, you know, you either turn up every day as an amateur or a professional, you know, an amateur turns up and they do what they want when they feel like doing it. They're kind of just muddling through life. Maybe they're, they're surviving or striving, but they're getting nowhere fast. The, the professional turns up and does what needs to be done regardless of how they feel. So they are, they are doing the work. So that might be if you've committed to walk 10,000 steps a day, you'll walk 10,000 steps a day come rain or shine. Yeah. You know, if you've committed to doing 20 LinkedIn requests to build your network, you turn up every day and do... 20 requests mm -hmm. whether you feel like it or not um and that was a real huge turning point for me that was sort of a real sort of oh that makes sense and there are areas in my life where actually i'm turning up as the amateur rather than the professional oh, so now you know i'm always what do i need to do today to show up as a professional business owner i example. love that am i turning up as an amateur or a professional yeah and they're, that's the, they're the areas for development, aren't they? When you have your own that's business, it. when you've worked that out. And uh, let's be realistic. I would say most people who have their own business, whether they're a sole solopreneur, whether they've got more efficient, if they're running three businesses, whether they're part of a, uh, you know, they're running actually a team or a large, large organisation, it's their business. There would be areas that perhaps they're amateurish in that yeah. they, they look to strengthen. And I, I'm a major proponent of getting a coach, getting a coach. No, or I'm, I'm the same. If, and yeah. If, if you want like uh, if you, sorry, go on. <laughs> and like you, um, a coach has to have a coach. Yeah. You walk the talk. Yeah. You walk the talk. That's it. I think you get, you know, results come quicker and easier when you have someone who's been there, done that or they've, they've dedicated a large portion of their time to understand how to get from where you are to where you want to be. Yeah, because ultimately we can all get the results we want if we're willing mm -hmm. to do the work, but it can be really, really, really difficult trying to do it on your own. You know, for yes. me, for example, you know, with you know, the health and wellbeing, of course you can do it on your own. And there are many people that regularly prove to the world that they've done it on their own. Mm -hmm. You know, they've researched something, they've found the information online and they've just gone and done it. But for most people, Doing it on your own is really, really, really hard work. And of course, when it's really, really hard work, it's very easy to give up. As you say, you know, thriving in life takes effort. It takes dedication to do. Yeah. 
So having someone on your side to go, come on, here's how to, you know, to get from here to here to here to here to here, to here in, in the simplest, quickest, and most sustainable way, you know, I think is vital. Well, that community around you that you, um, you, anyone who has a business starts looking at who's who's going to be of, of value, who, who do I connect with, um, and who's going to be actually honest with me, who's actually going to say, you know, it's time to, you know, are you, are you really, what's, is that serving you the best way it possibly can? Um, we can say it to ourselves, but sometimes it's the booster that we need. I like your, um, you have a bit of a saying, be fit, be well, be awesome. Indeed. Yes. Tell us it's, a little um, bit more about that. I can't take full credit for it. A client helped me with this several years ago. Um, we were working together. Again, um, wonderful chap, um, family man, building and scaling his business. Uh, like a lot of people, I find that they, they take their, this is my profession, I've, you know, this has been my career, but now I want to do it on my own because I think I can do a better job. And I can create that holy trinity of more time with the family and more money. <laughs> Um, but of course, it's not always that simple. And we were just chatting and we were against great results. And, and so, oh, yeah, I've got my three B's, be, be fit, be well, be better. I, was, oh, really, you know, I quite like that. It really summarizes what I do because you've got the be fit, which is all about the physical fitness, the be well, which is all about your mental well-being. Yeah. And I think we all strive or thrive to be better. So well, that, you know, that's kind of really summarizes kind of what I do, that, you know, what it's all about, because when you're fit, and you're well, so the physical health and mental well-being, yeah. life is better. Now, the only problem I had with better is a bit, nah, it's kind of just, nah. um, and it was actually only recently within the past few months, it's like actually be awesome, you know, be fit, be well, you know, I want, I want to lead an awesome life. I don't want an average life, I want an awesome life. Um, and that really, you know, so it then evolved to, to be fit, be well, be awesome. And be awesome for me is all about, having the ability to do what you want, when you want, with who you want, you know, so you can have these most amazing experiences and create these most amazing memories in life. Well, it's, awesome's an interesting word because it's, you know, it was very popular a couple of years ago. Everything was, oh, it's it was. awesome, that's awesome. awesome. But in there's coaching technique and there is an all question, A-W-E, and it's and what else? So, and what else, some. So, so what else is there? What Some else that you can do. What else? So it fits in quite nicely with, yeah. you know, you can be better, but if you wanted to be awesome, what else are you going to be able what to else? do? With yeah. it? So I like that. I, I, yeah, no, that's fantastic. I, well, I just like it because I used to take, years ago, I used to take the mickey out of the word awesome. Yes. Um, <laughs> because I, I, I used to follow a lot of um, American coaches mm. and mentors and just the way that they said it, yeah. You know, their tonality around. So I just used to find it funny. And, and I'll be honest, you know, sort of take the mickey a little bit out of it because it was just a bit, you know, it's just the way that they said it and, you know, the tonality around it's like. <laughs> um, so I used to sort of go, oh, it's just what a silly word. Um, so it's kind of sort of almost, you know, even homage to my own transformation of, well, actually, do you know, that makes complete sense now. And I understand why they'd use it. Um yeah, but it just again, so you know, so and, and what else? Well, there's more. There can, mm. there's always more to life. Mm. But you've oh. got to be, able, you've got to be able to step up and grab it. Uh, and if you don't have the health and well-being, you can't. If I said to you, you know, um, 
I go gangbusters for, for quite a while and then I, I will often put some excuses in. What would what would be your one of your comments to me or your questions to me or just a reflection? What would you say to me? Well, it's the, it's the all or nothing mentality. Yeah? Something I come across a lot. You know, I go all in. I try and change everything at once. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. We can only do so much at once. We only have so much sort of brain width, as it were, mm. to do stuff at once. And of course, this all or nothing mentality is you want to change everything at once. You know, new diet, new exercise regime. I'm going to go to bed earlier. I'm going to get up earlier. I'm going to meditate for half an hour. I'm going to go for a walk at lunchtime. I'm only, you know, I'm not going to eat any of this food anymore. Yeah. And the point, it becomes so overwhelming. You know, that's the thing. There's so much to do. And when you've got so much other stuff to do in life, hmm. there's only so much you can do at once. So, so it's almost like, let's break it down. Let's, um, you know, we've got to slow down to speed up. You know, you've got to take your nice. foot off the gas. And actually, by taking your foot off the gas, you will actually speed up. So, so do less. Give, how about a little example? So if I, um, you know, you've got a new client and they're saying, you know, they're telling you all the, all the history and they just give you that yeah. information. I go gangbusters and I can do it for so long. And then I go total relax, right? Well, now I can eat anything I want. I don't have to do the exercise, or I can actually stay up a bit later. I'm not not as regulated. Yeah. If I would, is there something that you would suggest as a first small well, habit with, to start the change? Yeah, I mean, with I, I've sort of got my process, which is all about layering it up because I, mm -hmm. you know, my a lot of my clients have that all or nothing mentality, and that's what continuously trips them up. Because um, they can do it for a few weeks, then it goes wrong, and it, it goes it goes wrong big style. Let's face it; it doesn't just go wrong a little bit. It goes wrong big style. Um, so I've created the program where we layer it up, typically at a pace which isn't as fast as people usually go, but in doing that allows them to actually speed up the results. So, for example, you know something I, I talk about a lot, uh, and something that has a big impact is hydration. You know, drinking more water. A lot of people drink a lot of caffeinated drinks, whether it's you know mm -hmm. tea or coffee or whether it's uh, energy drinks, um, which is okay. But a lot of people don't drink enough water. A lot of people are really dehydrated. Uh, and although I could now spend the next half an hour giving you loads of facts and figures and reasons why hydration is so important, I'll just share with you one. If you're dehydrated by as little as 4%, now, that's not a lot. Most people are chronically dehydrated because mm -hmm. they drink too much caffeine and not enough water on its own. Well, if you're dehydrated by just 4%, your, your personal performance, your, your productivity, your, your output, whatever term best fits you, is reduced anywhere between 10 and 20%. Ooh. Now, maths is not my strongest point, so I make it easy for myself. So let's say you work 10 hours a day and you're dehydrated. That means you're actually going to lose one to two hours a day. You work five days a week. That's five to 10 hours a week you're losing. Right. That's 20 to 40 hours a month you could be losing because you're dehydrated. Well, that's huge. That's, well, well, that's what are 40 hours a month worth to you? Mm. What uh, from a time, you know, even the financial perspective, you know, I, I tend to say, look, how much, you know, what are you worth an hour? Because we all have a number right. or a range. 
That's right. Well, if you're worth $200 an hour. A lot of dough. Hours a month. It's a lot of dough. It's a lot my, of time. My maths might struggle without using a calculator right now, but I can tell you that's a lot of money. It is. It is. Yeah. Or time. You know, well, how much is 40 hours extra time with your family worth to you? Well, that's priceless, right? That's right. You don't get that back. You don't ever no. get it back. Yeah. No, that's gone. Yeah. You can make more money, but you never get time back. Mm. So, you know, a really, really simple, if you want to have an impact on your, your physical health, your mental well-being, uh, which in turn, you know, impact mm. your productivity, your efficiency, focus on getting hydrated. Download free apps there. You know, every technology, there are free apps out there that allow you to track your water consumption water. on a daily basis. Oh. You know, for, for the next 28 days, understand how much you should have very you know a lot of these apps tell you how much you should be hitting on a daily basis mm -hmm. and then for the next 28 days just focus on the hitting that target every day or six out of seven days you know let's have a little bit of leverage six out of seven days so you're not aiming for perfection you're you're aiming for consistency so let's mm -hmm. say six out of seven days over the next 28 days you're hitting your your daily consumption target whether it's two liters two and a half liters three whatever it is and then just notice how much more clear-headed and productive you are. Well, that's being self-directed, but it's also being self-aware, isn't it? You, and that's part of part of what the fascination is with uh, with neuroscience is how you can become more self-aware. Yeah. And a lot of us, we can we can actually do it and and, and disregard it. But the I always think hydration is a major a major. Yeah. Um, Major thing. Most people aren't too bad, but you know, mm. a lot of my work is actually taking people from average from average to awesome. You know, mm. oh, I drink a little bit of water, great. Well, that's that's all right, but actually we need to take from here to here. Well, it's it's fascin it's fascinating what we can do for our well-being that that um, has effect in all aspects of our life, our relationships, our work, our our well-being, our health. Um, it, it just is amazing. What a great conversation. And, you know, the plus, the plus with all this is, um, you know, we've, we've always got mirrors. There's always mirrors around us. So it's, it's like mirror, mirror on the wall, whether um, you made a point earlier that, you know, you were carrying quite a lot of weight and were wearing baggy clothes. Now, um, I know the, um, the fashion business is all about the best body being, being the best shape. And yeah. heavens above, um, we're all unique. Um, but I think yeah. the, the big test for a lot of people is uh, the difference between looking at themselves when they've actually got clothes on and when they've got clothes off. And I think that would be, yeah. that, that's always, but you're, you're in summertime now and, uh, you know, there's plenty of bodies trying to get tans over there. Um, and it's the same here. We're very outdoor. A lot, a lot of people like to like to be outdoor and, and whatever. So the, the pressure is on, usually around seasons as well, to actually get fit. And I think what we we um, we do mix up sometimes is this notion of exercise with well-being. Yeah. So it's not just it's exercise is part of that. Um, yeah, so this is all it, the it, other it, aspects. It's yeah, all part of of the big picture. Um, mm. I say so many people put, um, I know this is an American term, but a lot of, um, some people put exercise on a pedestal. They make it out to be this huge thing that they have to do loads and loads of. Um, and yes, all right, you know, if you, like you said earlier, if you want to stand on the stage in your, in your budgie smugglers or your bikini, then, you know, 
what I work with and, and what I, I do myself and my clients do wouldn't be enough to get you there. You know, that takes taking things to a completely different level. But if you want to sort of love what you see in the mirror, you know, exercising for 15 to 20 minutes a day, combining that with enough sleep, stress management, the right nutrition, that, that'll get you there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, Ashley, I've had a great conversation. Thank you so I much too. for today. Look, if um, our listeners would like to know more about what you do, you have a website. Is that the best place for them to, to contact you through? Yeah, that's the best, that's the best place. Um, it's just ashleybishop.co.uk. Easy, easy. Nice so, to keep it simple. And, you know, if we have some listeners in the UK, you're, um, you're based in Essex, is that right? I am based in Essex. I mean, the great thing with technology, and this is something that's that's you know really transformed for me. When I first opened my doors in 2005, you know, it was a physical location. You know, yeah. here's a pin in the here's a pin in the map. You know, draw a 15 mile radius. The, these are where my clients are. You know, I've got to advertise and go to these people here. Well, now most of my work is done like this. It's all done virtually. Yeah. Um, I leverage technology, um, so it, it's now really weird that. I can now call myself uh, an international coach because as long as we know the time zones, you know, I've got clients in Australia, I've got clients in America, I've had clients in, in Dubai. It's really weird. You know, the world is now a relatively small place. It's global. We are now, there's no need for passports, uh, no need for, basically we're crossing borders all the time without that passport. So that's it you know you're a global leader and you are thriving and you're able to share your uh expertise with uh, other other leaders other people other average average guys and gals to be the best they can be thriving in life and work so thank you so much for uh the conversation today and listeners if you'd like to know more about what i do you can find me most places carrie benedette easy um easy to find um, uh, we're both, Ashley and I are, are both on LinkedIn as well. Um, you'll find that nearly anybody who has a business these days is available on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, but LinkedIn has, uh, has, has some astronomical growth, uh, during, during the pandemic as well. But what a pleasure. Our call to action has got to be around hydration. I think that's the, the place to go. And I thank you for, for sharing that. So, for the next 28 days, um, see if you can down, uh, download an app or do some research on how much how, uh, how much water, H2O, we need daily and then have a look at how you're going to set that up for yourselves, whether it's preparing the bottles of water in your fridge, whether it's having a huge jug, writing things down, using your phone to record it, but see what um, then at the end of the day, see how you're feeling and just note how your sleep is going and how much energy you've got. Because I do think the, the coffee industry is doing very, very well. So um, it's great to, great to have your company again. Just remember, uh, you are precious and your thriving is critical to how you show up in life and work. So make sure you get a cuddle tonight or today. Make sure you reach out to somebody to ask them if they're okay. And uh, even ring a friend and have a virtual walk and make sure you take the water with you. Talk to you again next week. Ashley, thanks for being our guest. All the best to you. And uh, don't forget, give us a love. Pop onto your favourite podcast app, whether, whether it's Apple, where, whatever it is that you do. Give us a little bit of love. 
um, because your thriving matters. Bye for now. I'm Carrie Benedett and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters. 